after these messages. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the St. Canard Files, a Launchpad McQuack episode. In case you didn't know, that was just a joke. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and I says to myself, hey, what sort of adventure is it if we don't invite the comedy relief? <laughs> oh, Mike, man, uh, you had a week off, man. Lucky you, huh? Yeah, yeah, I had a whole week off as the time of this recording. Just getting over a week off, it was nice. Uh, back to the grind tomorrow, though. Oh, back to work, huh? Gotta pay the yep. bills, make some money, huh? Yep. Well, you know what? Mondays are great because new episodes of the show drop, so... Yeah, that's true. I got Guts. jury duty tomorrow. Oh, uh, uh, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, I get a day off from work, but, you know, I gotta be in the government center, go through metal detectors, all that crap. Yeah, that's not really a day off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But hey, Mike, before we get into our subject, and I know we have an important villain to discuss today, and one of my favorite voice actresses is in this episode. Yep, sure uh, is. Yeah, so I'm a little excited. You know, um, it's not top 10 for me, uh, but I do enjoy this episode a lot. Uh, you are kind of, eh, it's okay, right? Yeah, nah, it's nowhere near as high on my list. Okay, yeah. It's, it's not top 20 for me, probably either, uh, maybe top. 35 maybe <laughs> okay I've never i've never ranked darkwing duck episodes that high so I, <laughs> I don't know where this would fall probably somewhere in the middle of the pack okay but, but hey before we get into the episode man i wanted to talk to you about saturday morning cartoons because i would imagine our saturday mornings were a little different with you know well not oh, not necessarily because i do i was in the states for some parts of my childhood it was only three years i was overseas so we could yeah. talk a little 80s and 90s here um but right off the bat, I could tell you my favorite Saturday morning cartoon, no surprise, no surprise, was Transformers. Right. Yeah. Did you have one outside of Darkwing that, man, you just um, loved? Well, Darkwing was 90s, and I grew up in the 80s, really. So there was a lot in the 80s that I watched. Um, man, though, I watched a little bit of everything. But the one that constantly jumps out, the one I watched the most, would probably be Garfield and Friends. Oh, okay. Gar Garfield, I, I did enjoy. Uh, it wasn't top 10 for me. I, I definitely think more of He-Man, G.I. Joe, um, uh, uh, Thundercats. See, see, growing up, uh, He-Man and Thundercats weren't Saturday morning cartoons. They aired um, on the weekdays, at you least sure? for me. Okay. Yeah, I, I came home I... from school. I watched He-Man, Scooby-Doo, Tom and Jerry. That stuff mm -hmm. aired on uh, weekday afternoons. Okay. I don't remember them ever being Saturday morning, at least in my area during my time frame. Um I... I don't recall He-Man, but I will co-sign Thundercats. I definitely remember Thundercats on Saturday mornings. Right. Okay. Um, some other ones off the top of my head. Uh, I, I'll even make fun of myself a little bit. I don't care anymore. I'm a grown man. Um, I did like the Smurfs. I did like I the Snorks. I watched that too, yeah. I watched Smurfs. Uh, yeah, I love the Snorks. Um, uh, I can tell you why. I can explain myself before people clown me 100%. Uh, I remember G.I. Joe would come on at 9 a.m. And after 9 a.m., uh, Jim and the Holograms would come on at 9.30. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then G uh, Transformers, my main baby, would come on at 10 a.m. So I did not want to risk missing Transformers. So after G.I. Joe, I sucked up my 30 minutes of Jim and the Holograms. And it Ugh. just... <laughs> I'm not embarrassed because, like... No, I know. I, it's, I, it's, I couldn't it's, miss it's it. It's Jim, though. She's truly outrageous. And I thought that was, <laughs> you know, at the time I never understood why they did that. But as you know, as I got older, I was like, man, that was really smart of them to plug Jim between GI Joe and Transformers. You know, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, what about any of the Hanna-Barbera's? Did they come on Saturday mornings? Like the Flintstones, um, Jetsons? No, you know, by the time... No, I think a lot of that stuff was still airing during weekdays or weekday mornings. Mm-hmm. There was the Flintstone Kids. Oh, yeah, I remember the Flintstone Kids. But uh, not, the, not the Flintstones. That was more of a, um after-school kind of thing, at least for me. And, oh, it slipped my mind. The other uh, Saturday morning show I watched a lot was Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I used to love the Muppet Babies, man. Um, I don't remember the Ghostbusters too much. I know it was a popular one. The, uh, I think it was called The Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, I watched that a lot. That For me, that was weekday afternoons. Uh, Ninja Turtles, I did watch, but I wasn't a faithful watcher. No, nah, Ninja Turtles, I was a fanatic for. <laughs> Ninja Turtles, I was insane for until Darkwing Duck showed up and kicked it out. That was... Now, uh, I went at least three years in a row where Ninja Turtles was the most important thing in the world to me. <laughs> now, for me, to get, I'm going to get off a little bit of the major big heavy hitters. There were some ones that I did watch. Uh, Wish Kid, um, uh, Pro Stars... Uh, the hammer one, hammer, t- uh, I think it was called hammer time. Uh, kid Hammerman. Pl- Hammerman. Hammerman. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember I, that show. I did watch kid and play. I remember they had a cartoon, uh, Dennis, the menace. Uh, that's all I could think of. Oh, my pet monster was the one I used to watch faithfully back in the days. That wasn't a major, major one. Um, Beetlejuice. I don't know if that was major, but I think Beetlejuice came out like mid-90s, was it, the cartoon for Beetlejuice? Early 90s, because it aired either right before or right after Darkwing Duck sometimes. Okay, now Beetlejuice, I don't recall seeing it when I was in Puerto Rico. I think I didn't see that one until I got back in the States in Fort Riley, Kansas. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it, but for some reason, I never watched it faithfully. But every time it came on, I'd be like, ooh, Beetlejuice is on. And And I always loved it. I don't know why I never got hooked, though. Yeah, I watched it from time to time. wasn't the best show. I think the opening was a lot better than the actual show. Um, it was fine, though. Um, of course, there was Darkwing. There was Goof Troop. Um, I watched Aladdin. But I watched, I watched Saturday morning cartoons uh, well through the 90s, even when I was approaching my late teens, um, mm-hmm. because I watched Kids WB as well. I watched uh, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, all that stuff. Because by, by that time, I was like 16, 17, but I was still watching all of it. I didn't care. Um, I didn't stop watching Saturday morning TV until about, I don't know, 1999, 2000, when okay. Animaniacs finally ended and all the uh, like the Pokemon shows were kind of taken over. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when I got out of it. By then, I was about 20, so see how old I was while I was still yeah. watching Saturday morning cartoons. But um, So I probably spent the first 20 years of my life watching things on Saturday morning. So I watched a ton of stuff. Okay, I, I think I stopped around 93-ish, 94-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's when I finally kind of stopped watching Saturday morning cartoons because, uh, like I told you before, I, I, I played a lot of sports, and I remember, like, my Saturdays just became so hectic, you know, traveling. Right. You know, I had a baseball game, I had a football game, basketball game. Well, that game. makes sense. Yeah, and then, you know, I love sport, and Saturdays was college sports, you know, college football, and, you know, it, it was just crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think around 93-ish, 94 is kind of when I started phasing out from cartoons. And then I think maybe 2000 was when I started trying to get back into it. Like, I missed out on Beast Wars and a lot of the Fox, uh, the Bat- Batman animated series. And I started going back to watch this stuff. You well, know? I think a big reason why I just stopped bothering with um, Saturday morning cartoons is because I had Cartoon Network. 
mm. and Nickelodeon. So I could watch cartoons all day long, and that is what killed Saturday morning cartoons. Why get up at 7 a.m. when you can just stay up and watch Cartoon Network all day? Yeah, which that's is true. Which is exactly what I did. I was watching Dexter's Lab and Cow and Chicken and Johnny Bravo and Powerpuff Girls. And mm-hmm. you had that. You had uh, Disney Channel. You had a Nickelodeon. And all of that is what killed uh, the Saturday morning cartoon stuff, really. Yeah. You know? And, and before we end this Saturday morning thing, I remember, like, as I got older, too, like like I was saying, 93, 94, I, I was a teenager and not just sports. I remember I was watching more of the live action shows like um, Hang Time, Saved by the Bell. Uh, I remember those came on Saturday mornings also on TMC. Yeah, yeah that stuff was on NBC because NBC was the first uh, network to get rid of the cartoons. Okay. I guess uh, stuff like Saved by the Bell made them more money. So they were mm-hmm. the first network to kick that stuff off. Yeah, so like that's when I kind of started like getting away from cartoons. But uh all right, man, let's uh, get on to Darkwing now. Enough Saturday morning cartoons. Even though Darkwing was a Saturday morning cartoon, right. uh, I never saw it on a Saturday, unfortunately, where I was located at that time in 91. You poor thing. Yeah, so today <laughs> we're going to talk Water Way to Go. Right, Water Way to Go. A significant episode for several reasons. All right. And uh, Mike, be- before we get into it, do you want to uh, go ahead and tell us the air date and production order? Yep. Um, our air date is Wednesday, September 18th, 1991, and we finally hit it. We hit the first episode in production order. Oh, wow. So this is before the sink, that sinking feeling? Well, well, it's the first one by production order, but it doesn't mean it was the first one recorded, you know? Oh, um, okay. I see where you're going. I mean, now. in terms of actual production, that sinking feeling was definitely first. Mm-hmm. You know, it was written and recorded first. But I think in terms of, you know, you know, writing the episode outlines, getting everything set up, this one's got the lowest production number. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and you could, you watch this one, and you can definitely see by the story what Double O Duck would have been like. Mm-hmm. Like, based on everything I know about the original version of the show and all the production art I've seen, like, Double O Duck was going to have a lot more, you know, shush versus foul, a lot more... Um, uh, Darkwing and Double Lo- O Duck and Launchpad taking like um, going on adventures, you know, to different countries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few episodes that really does this, you know, yeah. the two of them going off to a foreign land to solve them, you know, to stop foul. Mm-hmm. So um, this one kind of you get the feeling that this is what Double O Duck would have been like, honestly. Okay. And right. um, and there are some elements of it that I don't think the show would have done later on. Um, but we'll get there when we start talking about the plot. Um, story editor in this one was Tad Stones, All which right. is not too, mu- not too much of a shock since it was such an early episode, and it was written by Dev Ross. We've already talked about him. Mm-hmm. And our next significant thing about this episode is who animated it. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, this one was <laughs> anim- this one was animated dun 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 by a studio named Kennedy Cartoons. Mm-hmm. Kennedy Cartoons, what can be said that hasn't already been said? This is a studio. Um, lo- it was located in Toronto, um, formed by a man named Glenn Kennedy. And those names send, send shivers down most animation fans' spine. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Have you ever seen the pup named Scooby-Doo? Yes. Yeah, he did animation for that show. Mm-hmm. Remember all the scenes of the characters dancing? Yes. Yeah, that's him. 
Oh. You know, if you remember how, like, the, the loose dancing, the characters flailing around and just dancing in place, yeah, that's Glenn Kennedy. That's Kennedy cartoons in a nutshell. Their first big job, though, was on Tiny Toons, mm-hmm. and they were the bane of producer Tom Ruger's existence. Their animation on Tiny Toons was so terrible that even the best writing couldn't help the episodes they worked on. It was so bad, they were fired after the first season. Oh, my God. For those of you who, uh, I mean, obviously y'all wasn't here, but before we record, me and Mike, you know, we go like two, three minutes beforehand and, you know, kind of exchange notes. And uh, I don't like what you're doing here, Mike. (laughs) You're embarrassing me. (laughs) We had a brief discussion. I told him I like the animation and he's going to make me regret saying that now. (laughs) There are are times in this episode where it's fine, honestly, where it is fine. Mm -hmm. And there are times when it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kennedy was very schizophrenic. They had good animators on there, and they had really bad ones. So there are parts of this episode that look great. That, okay, so maybe that's what it was. There's certain scenes, I'm going to tell you, right, when we get to them, but I just are, love them. But there are scenes that are so off-model and sloppy. <laughs> you wonder why Disney even bothered hiring this company. Um Kennedy, so like I said, they got fired off Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. And um, if you ever get a chance, go check out some of the episodes they did. Um, you know, Just do a, do a Wikipedia search under Kennedy Cartoons. They'll tell you which episodes they did. And the consensus among fans of that show is just Kennedy was the worst. Uh-huh. Uh, they were kicked off of Tiny Toons, thank God. And they moved on to Disney where they worked on Darkwing, Goof Troop, Bonkers, and Aladdin. And then they pretty much faded away. That's all they really did. Mm. Um, but their style is very loose. Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes it's not. They weren't really a good fit for Aladdin. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, could you picture Aladdin with this animation style? Um, it happened. Um, Darkwing was probably the most cartoony show they worked on under Disney. So it, it like, I get why you like it. It kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, there are better Kennedy episodes, though. Okay. There are better ones. Um, they did Dry Hard, and I think that one looks great. And there's a reason why that one looked great. And I'm going to talk about that when we get to those episodes. Okay. I won't say it now because um, they hired one animator as a su- subcontractor who was really great, but he didn't work on this episode, so there's no point mentioning him. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, he worked on uh, Wiffle While You Work as well. Woo-hoo. So, um, yeah, so we'll have lots to talk about when we get there. But, yeah, that's Kennedy. Their animation's very schizo. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not it's not terrible. But let's move on from that. Okay. Um, yeah, let's start off with the episode now. Okay, basically, yeah. we're, we're at Shush's headquarters, and yep. we got Jay Gander and your favorite. Well, not your favorite, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Agent Grizzly Cop. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how it starts. Um I don't even remember what Grizzly Cop says. There was some minor, there was some inconvenience or something like that. And uh, Jay Gander asked what it was, and he goes, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out Shush agents are drowning out in Oil Arabia, which is a desert. They said it was like 24 of them, right? Two dozen, yeah, 24. That's a lot of death. (laughs) Uh And the only thing that Jay Gander's worried about is the morale problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So um, Jay Gander immediately makes the correct assumption that it has something to do with foul. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously, because this is this is technically our first foul episode. He makes sure he tells us the fiendish organization of world larceny. Of course, he's got to he's got to do the acronym. 
and there's only one person who can stop foul, and who is that? That's DW. But but before we get to that, Mike, how does he notify Darkwing? What does he send out, man? He sends out very little used device. Doesn't get used much on the show, but it is the Flash Quack. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's what we named our mini episodes after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Flash Quack, what's it look like? It's the Thunder uh, Quack, but a mini version. Yeah, a little mini Thunder Quack. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts a little uh, note inside of it and sends it off. All right, now when he sends it off, Mike, this is where I really like the animation. We got a daylight scene of, of the bridge, the the hideout, Darkwing's. Right. Yeah, and that scene, I thought it looked amazing, man. Yeah, I was going to point it out. The character animation itself in this scene Mm -hmm. is fine, but what I love about this are the shadows and the lighting. Okay. Like, is that what you're going at? Yes, man. Yeah. I I just thought it looked amazing, man. So as we go further, point out, make sure you you give me some details where I should have paid attention where it went bad, because right now I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, because um, this is like a five minute scene, basically mm-hmm. just Launchpad and Darkwing talking, but the entire scene has a shadows cast on the wall, which it's it's not the easiest thing to do to animate, mm-hmm. but um, it looks great, honestly, it does, because yeah. there's there's no real background, it's just a spotlight on the characters. The rest of the background's all black, yeah, and all you see is the characters and their shadows, and it's really cool, um. But what's it funny is, about this scene is Launchpad was playing tic-tac-toe by himself, wasn't he? By himself, yeah. <laughs> Everything depends on your next move. Um, so Darkwing gets an entrance right away. Um, interesting, the um, he says, I am the terror who flaps in the night. Not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I am the spider that nips at your neck. And uh, so there's his entrance there. And um, Darkwing comes in with this cool device, actually. It's, it's got this belt that kind of acts as like a, a grab, a kind of a cable mm-hmm. coming down from the ceiling. And um, Launchpad presses the button. Darkwing smashes his head on the roof. And then um, Launchpad starts talking about how he wants to be um, a hero. Yeah. Which he is, wants to. Be... Yeah, go, keep going. My bad. I didn't mean to is, cut you off. Honestly, which is one of those things I don't think much later in the show Launchpad would really care about. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a remnant of DuckTales Launchpad. Who wants to be a hero? You know? Like from Double O Duck? Yeah, kind of thing. He wants to be a hero in this. Um, I think later on he would just be happy just being the sidekick. Yeah. But here he just kind of wants to be in charge, especially after they find out what's going on. They have to go to Oil Arabia. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to say something. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I love how the, 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 the argument of Launchpad wanting to be the hero and Darkwing, like, doesn't want to step down from that role but he does the right thing because yeah. you know La- launchpad refuses to to get the bags or fly the thunder quack yeah how are they going, how are they going anywhere if uh, launchpad won't fly it yeah <laughs> and what's funny is darkwing makes a comment saying i really need to learn how to fly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so he agrees to let launchpad be the hero just this once um which is so- good for the show mike i think it's kind of good to let Maybe not that early in production order, but because we're going by air date, I think it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, they're flying to Oil Arabia, and um, Launchpad crashes. Yeah, we haven't got that in a while. Yeah, he's 
he like I said, he gets so much better after a while, but he still crashes from time to time in these earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. In this case, he just uh, kills kills the engine. The Thunderquack just drops to the ground. <laughs> um, here's something else I don't think the show would do much after this. The two of them start like ogling the princess when she shows up. Mm-hmm. Like they both are like really turned on by her. Oh yeah. Like they the second they see her, like Launchpad's going hummina hummina hummina, and Darkwing's going oh, make that a Darkwing ditto. <laughs> two of them are like they they both want her, and um. But Darkwing that, can't have her this time. Yeah, it's not. He isn't the hero. And going forward, you know, we're not too far away from a certain uh, witch. Yeah. So Darkwing coming on to other female characters is not going to be a thing after this. It's just going to be Morgana. But speaking of Morgana, she -hmm. was voiced by Kat Sose, who voices the Princess of Royal Arabia. Yeah. And and Mike, we've never, you know, we've never discussed Morgana that much on here. Right. Uh, we, We have here and there. But even though I never really put her as a villain or a good guy, because she flip-flops back and forth in the show. We'll get into that later. Um, right. But she is one of my top three favorite characters on this show, though, man. Is she? Yeah, she really is. I've always liked Morgana. So, well, you know, hearing her voice this early and we're not even on a Morgana episode, I, I enjoy it, man. I really it, like it. This is the only um, other character Kat Sose plays mm-hmm. on Darkwing. After this, it's just Morgana the entire time. And, um, of course, Kat Sose got her start in uh, voiceover work in 1983. I'm not going to uh, we gotta go save that her resume because she voiced hundreds of shows. Hundreds. And she's still active. Let's, let's gonna... name a few when we get to a Morgan. I think we, we okay. need to give her that proper introduction. You know? Yeah, so we'll wait then. I was going to do that now, but you know what? Let's wait. Because yeah, this, this is not her main character on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, and the princess of Oil Arabia is a really minor character, so let's not even bother spending too much time on her. Okay. Um, but this is coming up as my favorite scene in the episode when they discover the um, the dynamite. It had a name. I, I think it was called like the Mega Blaster or something. Uh, Mega Blaster Vision Bomb. Really? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just he just think he name the kind of bomb it is. But I love the outfit he's wearing. The helmet with the big light on it. The uh, mm-hmm. The goggles and the the gloves and he's you know he's he's trying he's, like, he's trying to dis- dissect it man and lunch pad just pops over man <laughs> he just rips all the wires out of it and tosses it back into Darkwing's arms he's like that was easy yep I'm the hero <laughs> I gotta and do then, it <laughs> and then Darkwing throws the bomb on the ground and it explodes do you remember what he says no what, what did I've he say always, I've always loved this from the very first time I saw the episode. He's staggering around going, don't mind me, just looking for the non-smoking section. (laughs) (laughs) I've always loved that from the very first time I saw the episode. Um, So then we go inside the palace and, you know, Launchpad's getting all the attention and Darkwing's just seething. Oh, he's not liking it one bit. No, this is is probably the most aggravated he ever gets at Launchpad. Oh, yeah. And the princess even insults him by calling him the sidekick. (laughs) Yeah. I love that bit where Launchpad's trying to close the um, sandwich, but it won't close because the one olive is stopping it from closing. Yeah. And he tosses the olive away, and Darkwing's like, oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) He's so fed up with him already. Um, So Darkwing has a hissy fit and gets a watermelon stuck on his his head. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, searching eBay, random, random aside, I actually found on eBay storyboards for the secret sequence. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, they're, they've been on eBay for a long time. Like five panels on eBay for about 600, 700 bucks. Oh, wow. Um, and it shows something that didn't make it in the episode. It shows Launchpad dancing with a couple of uh, female harem members. Mm. Yeah, it shows him dancing with a couple of, um, I guess it's what they call the harem, right? Yeah. He's, he's dancing with them. It didn't, whatever it was, didn't make it into the episode. Okay. So, I mean, anybody who's listening, go on eBay right now. Search uh, the hot one, the highest listings for Darkwing Duck as far as cost goes. You'll find it right away. Um, it's been up there for years. I guess no one thinks it's worth the money. Um, so Darkwing and Launchpad head off on their case. Yeah, they um, ride the camels. Because they're trying to find out who's killing the Shush agents. Um, mm-hmm. I think, didn't, um, didn't Jay Gander assume that Fowl was after um, Oil Rabia's oil reserves? Yes, he, he yeah, that said was, that at the beginning. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so Launchpad's in this, um, basically it's a car with no wheels on top of a camel. <laughs> and just you listening to music, minding his own business, and Darkwing's on camelback. But they're being watched. Yep, and who's watching them, Mike? We get a certain villain. Yep, finally, the first appearance of... Steelbeak. Steelbeak. Steelbeak, he's, um... Yeah, I like Steelbeak. He's not one of my favorite villains, but, you know, I know he's very popular. Oh, yeah. Um, funny enough, okay, so Steelbeak, from everything I've learned about um, the production of Darkwing Duck, Steelbeak was not originally meant to be the chief agent of Fowl. No. Do you know who that was supposed to be? Oh, please don't say Ammonia Pine. No, Taurus Bulba. Oh, okay, okay. I can roll mm-hmm. with Taurus. Wasn't going to be Steelbeak. Um, but then Tad Stones decided to create Steelbeak specifically to be voiced by one actor. Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson. Mm-hmm. Steelbeak was created to be voiced for Rob, specifically. And I love Rob, man. I love and, Rob. And, um... I could talk about Rob Paulson all day long. Um, he got started in 83, just like Kat Salse. And, um, oh, my God, his resume. It's ridiculous. Hundreds <laughs> upon hundreds upon hundreds. Like, he's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Name a show produced between 83 and really now, and he's done voice work on it. Um, I think not as much nowadays because I think a new new guard of voice actors are kind of coming into their own, mm-hmm. but he's still active. I mean, he voiced some characters in the new DuckTales, mm-hmm. so he's still busy. Um, I mean, I think his most famous characters Raphael. are... Mm-hmm. Raphael? Raphael is one of his most famous characters. Also, Yakko and Pinky mm-hmm. from, Anim- from Animaniacs, um, which is funny. Rob Paulson once said, okay... Uh, Raphael changed my career, but Animaniacs changed my life. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, I think, uh, Yakko Pinky, Animaniacs in general is one of his most famous things he ever did. Mm-hmm. His favorite too. He actually is still on tour. There's an Animaniacs live show that he does multiple times a year. And he goes up on stage. I've, been, I've gone to one of his shows. He goes up on stage for about an hour or so and just sings the Animaniacs songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, him and the um, him and one of the the um, the that the composer um, the songwriter Randy Rogel, um, who wrote all the songs for Animaniacs. He goes up on stage with him and just sings all the different Animaniac songs. And um, so for Disney, Rob was um, Gusto Gummy from the Gummy Bears. He was Gladstone Gander 
on DuckTales. Hey. Of, course he, of course he was PJ from Goof Troop, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, oh, he's just in so many shows, it's ridiculous. Like, he'd be here all day. And um, before he did Steelbeak, he voiced a character on Tiny Toons called Foulmouth, which was a very, which was another rooster who had a cursing problem, funny enough. <laughs> and the, the voice is pretty much a higher pitched steel beak. It's pretty much exactly what it is, with the same laugh and everything. Okay. Um, so of course Tad wanted to make him a part of the show, and he created Steel Beak just for Rob. And as long as we're talking about Rob, his um he wrote a book, just came out. Um mm. just came out. It's it basically the the book is called Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. Did you know he just got over throat cancer? No, I did not know that. Yep, it laid him up a couple of years ago. And it looked bad because it's his throat. That's his, that's his livelihood and his career. Yeah. And uh, he made a full recovery. Mm. Yeah, and um, good for him. Yeah. Thank, thank God. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's because I was planning on seeing him two summers ago, and his shows were canceled, and I had no idea why canceled for at least six months and i only found out later is because of the throat cancer oh wow and um he must have just beaten it and went right back to what he was doing he's a legend mm. like my top two as far as voice actors especially this era are jim and rob okay like right there top two and steelbeak is fun to listen to mm-hmm. i can listen to steelbeak all day just the voice is great and rob is just relishing every single thing he says yeah, the only thing I'm gonna say about Rob before you ended up about um, talking about him is, yeah. I had a chance to meet him a couple of months ago up in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was a, at a convention up there. Um, I really wanted to go, but I can't remember. I think my, like my daughter has soccer practice or a soccer game or something, and uh-huh. I, there was just no way I was gonna make it. And I'm about to put my buddy on blast. I don't even care. I have the Darkwing Duck board game, and I got like three autographs already on it. And Steelbeak is also on the cover of the board game. Mm-hmm. And I gave my buddy the board game to go get it autographed by Rob Paulson. I even gave him the money, the marker, and everything for him to have it signed. Uh, he left. Well, he claims he left it. Then he forgot to take it. Uh, really upset me, man. But, you know. Uh. Can't well, stay bad at him. You know, it was his money. It was his vacation, you know. You so. might get another chance. You never know. Yeah. You know, Rob is pretty connected with his fans. I know he um, runs his own podcast. So um, he's out there. Okay. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll see him again. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, that's Steelbeak. Um, All right, yeah, we'll let's, get a, back, let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, so he's he, – yeah, I know. It's just so easy to get caught up talking about uh, mm-hmm. voice actors like Rob. He's just so legendary. Yeah. So Steelbeak sees Darkwing. Who's and, still uh, beak with? Who is still beak with? Oh, his Eggman. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> so still beak has his Eggman, uh, Kajub, right? Um, so yeah, he's got his little Eggman who come in various sizes. So right now it's the medium size Eggman hanging out with him, and he has a weather control device. And he creates a sandstorm with it. Yes, he does. And um, Darkwing and Launchpad get blown away. Yep. And they um end up in the middle of nowhere, or at least they think they're in the middle of nowhere. Um, so there's a bit here. Um, there's a, some animation here I don't like when um, they first see the um, the the, uh, the battleships that Steelbeak's making, where the animation on Launchpad is just so bad and so sloppy. Really? Like, yeah, like, I could do better. It's like, 
But like I said, the animation's just totally bipolar. It's everywhere in this episode. There's some good spots, there's some bad spots, but mm-hmm. again, that's Kennedy. So they see these um, battleships in the middle of the desert. Some of them are half-built. They climb up to the top of one, and um, they see some more Eggmen. And cute, cute touch. They're all wearing Donald Duck sailor hats. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, I definitely did notice that. Uh, but there, <laughs> there was one thing, Mike, man. Uh, when they're climbing up the battleship and Darkwing notices the Eggman and he notices, you know, Fowl's all involved in this or they found right. Fowl. He uses a term on here called that he uses the word surmise. Mm-hmm. And him and Launchpad starts arguing over who gets to surmise that what's going on. Right. And I remember when I first saw this episode, it was mm-hmm. this is the Disney Afternoon episode, right? Right. Okay, so I probably saw this when it first aired on Disney Afternoon and I remember, like, Dad, what is surmise? <laughs> you know, what uh-huh. is that? you know, I kind of felt like that was such a big word for a ten-year-old. You know? Oh, it's you know, it's darkening for you. He loves using big words. <laughs> and it just really bothered me, like, because I couldn't ask my dad right away. I had to wait until it went into commercials. You know, and then it's commercial. I'm like, Dad, what is surmise? Why? Why are you asking me that? That's a big word. <laughs> well, Darkwing Duck said it, Dad. Yeah, and he was like, it's basically like when you assume something. And I was like, okay, that's good enough. I know what assume means. <laughs> nice. All right, but go uh, ahead, Mike. Go ahead. My no, bad. so um, they try to be sneaky, but that, that doesn't work very long. They attract the attention of the, um, the Eggman, who, again such a liberal use of guns. The Eggmen just surround them and they open fire. I don't know how they survived that one. Because um, <laughs> yeah, the Eggmen, they have, um, they got machine guns or something. Yeah. And um, usually the Eggmen aren't armed that, that well, but in this one they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so Darkwing and the Launchpad fall off the battleship, uh, get stuck in quicksand, get dragged underground. They wake up, they're all tied up. And um, Steelbeak shows up again. Yeah. And then this time he gives them a demo of the machine. Yep, I like uh, Darkwing's line. He's like, nice to see you, Steelbeak. Means you're not behind my back. <laughs> and uh, it's clear here that um, this has got to be the first time Launchpad meets Steelbeak. Yeah. Just the way Launchpad talks to him and the way Steelbeak talks about Launchpad, mm-hmm. is this has got to be the first time the two of them are meeting each other. Which, again, shows Darkwing and Steelbeak have a, have a history together that mm-hmm. predates Launchpad and Goslin and all that other stuff. Yeah. So. I- um, I do like a Steelbeak line on this part was when uh, Launchpad had told Steelbeak he's the hero this time, and Steelbeak said, yeah, good help is hard to find. <laughs> Steelbeak has some great lines. He really does. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so um, he says they uh, they plan to um, take over Oil Arabia, take over all the oil, and then um, the only way to get gas is to pull up to your friendly neighborhood uh, foul service station. <laughs> service with a smile um oh by the way i didn't mention i like steelbeak's theme music oh i forgot all i want i did not put that in my notes man not every character gets theme music but like megavolt does bushroot does and of course steelbeak does and i i like how like just it's all jazzy and like it's great uh-huh. <laughs> i love steelbeak's theme music and um yeah so uh he darkwing thinks it's hilarious he's like what are you gonna do Wait for rain. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Steelbeak can make his own mm-hmm. with this machine he's got. He puts a little uh, rain cloud over Darkwing's head. <laughs> yeah. Just only over Darkwing. That's it. Only over Darkwing. And then he, <laughs> he throws him in a jail cell. You know, um, 
And so this is one of the first times Darkwing makes a mention of like like people who had taught him when he was a little boy. He mm-hmm. mentions Tibetan yogis. I don't know. I feel like a lot of Darkwing stories about things that happened to him when he was a kid are BS, honestly. Because <laughs> he's always like, oh, I was taught this by a conscientious contortionist. I was taught this by Tibetan yogis. I yeah. was taught this by, you know, blah, blah, blah. Every few episodes he does that. And I don't know. I think he's making half this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually tries to mesmerize the guard. But yeah. all he does is the, uh, what happens? The storm cloud electrocutes him. Yeah, and it uh, opens up the prison. Yeah, or I could just use lightning. <laughs> um, so the two of them ex- escape. They see uh, the two really big, beefy, uh, big, beefy foul yeah. eggmen standing there. Um, yeah, the swole one, the bodybuilder one. Uh, really <laughs> big ones. Yeah, these guys are bigger than Launchpad even is. Um, which, by the way, I'll mention this. I was doing some uh, searching around Google, and I found um, a whole bunch of Darkwing Duck uh, model sheets, including the Eggmen. So mm-hmm. as this episode goes up, I'll... Uh, I'll put those up on the Facebook group so everybody can see them. Um, so, yeah, the Eggmen are there, and uh, Launchpad wants to rush right in and stop them, but Darkwing wants to do it himself, you know, because there's only one Darkwing duck. Mm-hmm. So, he's, you know, he shoots his uh, cloud of smoke and another Darkwing entrance line. I am the little mouse that eats your cheese. But this is great. I love this. He's walking through the smoke cloud with his, you know, his fingers up in the air. All you see is his arm. And I am Darkwing, and then the two Eggmen just knock, knock him through the cow, <laughs> punch him right through the cloud back into the wall. <laughs> it's it's so great the timing and the yeah. sound effect is just I love it when he gets bashed by something right before he says duck. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. It's always funny when it does. And um, so they run into Steelbeak. Unfortunately, Steelbeak's there waiting for them, and um. What happens then? Darkwing gets the machine. He does, and does he know how to use it? He has no clue. <laughs> yes. He overloads it, and um, it starts to malfunction. It starts to flood the cave, and this is another piece of animation I like. I definitely like it. Me too. Um, Steelbeak grabs the machine. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. And, and it electrocutes him, mm-hmm. and uh, his face pops back out of his shirt all, like, crispy. <laughs> it's great like it's just it's a funny piece of animation the drawing of a fried steel beak is great and the sounds that rob's making as he's getting electrocuted are great too so um because the, everything's flooding all of the incomplete battleships are like you know capsizing yeah. so all um steel beak has is the one yeah. and uh Darkwing and launchpad have to get out of the cave and they end up surfing yeah they're uh they're out Darkwing almost drowns launchpad saves him mm-hmm. and um you know, he's happy Launchpad saved his life. And, uh... Yeah, Launchpad crashes, though. Yeah, <laughs> crashes to the, the palace. Um, yeah. But, you know, they get to the palace. That's where they have to be, because the princess is... She's in danger of drowning. They have to save her. Yep. So they save her in a big bathtub. <laughs> but... Yeah, and, and still uh, be get, get, he gave them a 10-minute warning, didn't he? Yes, 10-minute warning. He even pulls out a sand timer. Because he's gonna turn the weather machine back at him, because he's got it under control now. Yeah. But um, so Darkwing gets an idea. Darkwing yeah. gets an idea. If you if Steelbeak wants oil, he's getting oil. Mm-hmm. And um, so they strap oil barrels to the Thunderquack. And I found something else when I was searching Google. They actually I found a model sheet of the Thunderquack with the barrels of oil stuck to it. Oh wow. And, 
Yeah, whenever they have to do something like that, they, mm -hmm. they need a model sheet for everything. Props, vehicles, different outfits the characters wear because, you know, the animators have to know how to draw it. Mm -hmm. And I found this. It's a really nice model sheet of the Thunderquack. It, it shows up in the episode in literally one shot. Mm -hmm. They have to design this thing, even though they're only going to use it for one shot. So they um, they squirt oil all over, um, all over Steelbeak, get him completely soaked. Yeah. And um, Steelbeak goes to uh, turn on the machine, and he drops it into the water. Yeah, and then uh, the... The princess orders the, her guardsmen to uh, would turn on their fans and move right. the cloud. <laughs> moves the cloud, and a whole ship gets hit by lightning. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the end of Steelbeak. And in the end, he's just crying. I hate that guy. I yeah. really, really hate him. <laughs> oh, well. I, I really like the part, though, after that, when it goes back to Darkwing and Launchpad, and Darkwing finally respects him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he does, which is yeah. great. You know, Launchpad's ready to just say, listen, Darkwing was the hero. But no, you know, Darkwing's doing the right thing. Yeah, you know? and and he accepted his role as the sidekick with dignity. You know, he really did at the end, you know. He did, but then he goes, from now on, we're 100% um, equal or brothers at arms. But then get the bags. <laughs> yeah, get the bags. It's like, yeah. Yeah, on the outside, it's like, yeah, we're equal, but yeah, really, no. No, <laughs> sorry, Launchpad. It's my show. I'm Darkwing Duck. That's not happening again. Get the bags, basically, because okay. this never happens again. Yeah. And I and think Launchpad's fine about that going forward. I don't think he'd ever ask to be the hero again. He's cool with it. Uh, all right, Mike. So we talked about this episode. Water way to go. Yeah, water way to go. Uh, how many gas gun canisters are you going to give it? Mm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three. Oh, okay. I don't want to be too hard on it. It's mm -hmm. the first episode, honestly. You know, at least by production order. It's regardless. It's an early one. You know, it's got Steelbeak in it. It's the very first Steelbeak episode. It does things other episodes don't do. At least with like the plot of Launchpad wanting to be the hero. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be hard on it. Three is fine. The animation's all over the place. But when it's good, it's fine, honestly. Um, there are worse Kennedy episodes. So, yeah, three. Three is okay. good. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I was going to give it a three also. I, I like this episode because, you know, we get to see Launchpad finally step up. You know, Darkwing's still the main character, but I feel like Launchpad had a bigger role in this episode. Which you know, is really good because there are really dark episodes where Launchpad is the focus. Yeah, Usually you know, he's not. You know, like you said, we got Steelby, we got Foul, we got Shush. Even though Shush is barely mentioned and only shown at the very beginning, uh, we got the Flash Quack. You know, the first time we get to see the Flash Quack, uh, we get to see the Eggman for the first time. Yep. And, and these Eggmen are way better than how the show progresses, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got Kath, you know, on here, Steelbeak. It's a lot of intro. A lot of stuff was going on. So I, I like this episode, man. No yeah, you, you know what? no honker. You're, you're right about the Eggmen, too. They're actual threats in this one mm -hmm. because they're armed. Yeah. You know, later episodes, they're just, they're just there. They don't really have much to do because they yeah. just have to be there. So, yeah, actually, good point. Good yeah, point they, about the Eggmen. Yeah, because to me, they become the, the Foot Clan and Ninja Turtles, you know? They're right. just there they, to get beat up. <laughs> they have their moments. Yeah. They do have their moments. But, you know, you really can't overshadow Steelbeak. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it three. Uh, let's go to the villain. How many gas gun canisters are you gonna give our villain? I'm gonna give Steelbeak three gas gun canisters. I can't rate him as high as the supervillains mm-hmm. because while I like Steelbeak's design and I think Rob Paulson's fantastic in the role, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Steelbeak ever grew as a villain. Like the Steelbeak we see here is pretty much the Steelbeak we're gonna get in every episode. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing much really to him except for that great voice, honestly. And you'll you'll notice Will as we go forward, we get a whole bunch of Steelbeak really early on, and then he disappears. Okay. In the now... same way Shush does. And I feel like they they could have done so much with Steelbeak, but they didn't really. He never evolves like Quackerjack and Megavolt do. Mm-hmm. So I can't really give him more than three. Yeah. You know, and he's in some episodes that are kind of, eh, you know? Um. So yeah, three. I'll okay. Give him three. Okay. I was going to give him three and a half. I'm going to stick with that three and a half. Right. You know, I, I like Steelbeak. He's good. He's solid. Like you said, though, he's not one of the super villains, so you can't go too high with him. But on his episodes, he's good. He's a I don't want to call him a filler either. He's not a filler villain either, in my opinion. Um, but like you, you made one very strong point. He kind of deteriorates, you know? Yeah. And, and there's not, they don't add much to him, but for the meantime, I do like him though. And it, maybe it's Rob Paulson. I don't know. It's a lot of it for me is Rob and he's never the focus. Mm-hmm. There's no episode with Steel Begin It where he is the actual focus of the episode, the way Megavolt or Quackerjack is. He has a habit of showing up late in the episodes. There's mm-hmm. one episode where he doesn't show up until like the middle of the, the end of the middle act, even. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he shows up super late. He never he is never like a standout. It's never his show. Mm-hmm. Like you can watch episodes and say, yeah, this is Negaduck's show. Or this is Megavolt's show entirely. You never get that with Steelbeak, okay. you know, because I think it shows the limitation of Fowl. It's like there's only so much you can do with Fowl, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and you're right. Is here, you said deteriorate. That's an that's a good word. You know, I didn't think of that word, but that works for me. Okay. Have a good, yeah, that's a good good phrasing there, honestly. All right. So, but, Mike, that... but, but, but you know what? He's popular. Mm-hmm. He, he has popular. His, he has his fans. He's coming back. On DuckTales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't knock him at all, you know. No, so. not at all. He just mm-hmm. he just is not as strong. Yeah. Now, okay. I hope, by the way, I hope they get Rob to do his voice on DuckTales when he shows up. I hope so, too. I really... I mean, they got Michael Bell for Quacker Jack. Jim's doing Negaduck. Come on. And they already have Rob on that show mm-hmm. once in a while. So let's let's get Rob as Steelbeak. That would make me happy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, moving on. All right, so Mike, that's Waterway to go. What what we got next? Next up is our first time travel episode. Ah. Um, not just first time travel episode, our first episode without Launchpad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one with just Darkwing and Goslin. Goslin's um, back. Yeah, finally. I feel like we've gone a little while without really getting her a lot in a lot of the episode. So yeah, <laughs> so that's Paradox. All right. Anything you can mention about our recording for Paradox? What we got coming up? Um, we or you may uh, keep it on low. Well, we may have a um a third a third oh. host for that episode. Okay. Now you'll have to tune in and see who it is. Okay. And um yeah, so Paradox is next. All right, Mike. So uh, tell the fans uh, or listeners where can they find you, man? 
I'm on Facebook. Uh, go check me out, Mike Russo. Um, you know, friend me, message me if you feel like it. Um, how about you, Will? I'm also on Facebook. I'm Will Santana on there. Uh, we have our Facebook page, uh, The St. Canard Files, The Dark Winged Up Podcast. And uh, our likes and stuff have been going off lately, dude. I've been getting like 40 notifications per post, man. Yeah, the um, the character of the week ones are really blowing up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. A lot of the posts have been doing really good lately, man. I hope that stays that way, man. Uh, a lot Me of people, too. yeah, a lot of people have been engaging. We're also on uh, Instagram, uh, the the Saint Canard Files. I couldn't get the other part to fit on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Long title. Yeah, we we haven't been on Instagram much, but we've had a few posts on there, and it's doing okay. We need to improve on there, but guys, we will be on there, so you can follow us on IG if that's your preference um yeah so that's where we're at man and you can where can they listen to our podcast on uh we're on um spotify stitcher um google play apple devices and you can also watch us on youtube okay all right so uh anything special about paradox or you want to wait till we get there no we're good we'll wait till we get there all right guys so uh me and mike we're signing out and make sure y'all stay dangerous have a great night good night y'all